Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and you're listening to the Midwest Monsters. I'm excited. I'm sorry. I picked this topic. I love this movie. That's a scary movie. It's a scary movie. And it still affects me just the same. I cannot put that on. I gotta tell you, something about this movie worked for me. I was oh, like, it rocked. So, I mean, that's kind of, that's debatable. But, I mean, it's a great movie. That You know, I, it's my right as a viewer, as somebody who spends my money and time to go watch these films, to have my opinions and be disappointed. But that's what I love about about this group doing this podcast right now is that on so many pages <laughs> we're like right there with each other. But then I mean it, it's it's almost inevitable that uh, you know half the time we're going to go you're out of your mind. You are out of your mind. I'm sorry but that's Welcome to the Midwest Monster Podcast. And now here are your hosts. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Midwest Monsters Podcasts. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I'm joined by... Professor Wagstaff. Hot Toddy. Venomous Vinny. Hey, friends, we've got a fun episode lined up for you this evening. Um, this is going to be another roundtable round table discussion. Um, we have done werewolves in the past. We have done vampires in the past. We've done a Frankenstein episode. We've done a mummy episode. And by my request, we are doing a witches episode. So really looking forward to discussing uh, witches and uh, witches throughout cinematic history this evening. But first, as a treat to our listeners, I have invited uh, my friend and neighbor, Sherry Ellison Roddy to uh be on the show uh and i'll i'll let sherry uh list her uh her pedigree here her qualifications and why we've asked her to be on the show this evening just just for a little intro here well thanks for having me and a little bit about on my background i graduated uh an undergrad with a journalism degree so i love research and that just corresponds well with my background in women's and gender studies my master's degree is in sociology but i've been teaching women's and gender studies for about five years at Ball State. And my thesis was centered on messages that conservative Christian women receive about sex from their pastors and from their parents. So lots of merging of sex and religion um, and research happening. I'm also the gender and diversity specialist at Ball State on various grants as well. So thanks for having me. Yeah, good to have you here. And and I can't imagine that sex and religion would play into any witch tales at all. Not at all. Not one. Completely bit. absent. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you studied much about um, uh, the witch hunt hysteria, the, the all of that throughout history? Have, have you have, have you focused on that in, in any of these sorts of endeavors? I would say I've focused a lot on gender roles, okay. and gender roles play a huge component um, in the history of witchcraft or how. Um, witches are perceived or how the persona of character characterization of witches, which are primarily women came to be, um, and just how culture shaped 
you know, how through the ages we've come to understand witch hunts um, and witches and how they're seen, you know, as evil and deviant. And there's a lot of history going all the way back to Greek and, and Roman mythology. Mm-hmm. You know, when we talk about all of the other big monsters, um, when we talk about werewolves, we talk about that it's really uh, a story about the monster that lives within us all. When we talk about vampires, we talk about um, loneliness and isolation and, and uh, basically how that went forward to, to feeding on others and trying to, I don't know, just being misunderstood in a way. And then when we talk about Frankenstein, uh, Dr. Frankenstein, we talk about man's desire to play God. And when we talk about mummies, not as much uh, in line with some of these other classic archetypes, but but talking about curses and and you know those really springing about because of the discovery of uh, King Tut's tomb, and so all of these things have a cultural place and and why they have served um, the position that they have. And so, could you tell us a little bit what, where does the witch come from? You know, it starts. Um from the Greek and Roman uh, mythology. And there were presence, there was a presence of witches um, dating all the way back. Uh, to, Circe was a very famous representation, for example, um, of witches that were, was told in the story of Ulysses. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a sort of beginning place in the history of witches. And, you know, then we get into the dark and middle ages after that point. And it's not a completely linear process and there's a lot of contextualization that's happening. So you really have to look at each situation where witches are brought up in each culture and each era. Mm. Um, certainly there are connections that begin again with the Greek um, and Roman mythology, but you have to really understand what was happening uh, again in the dark and middle ages where um, the, the big discussion or the big conversation rather was heretics. So mm, yeah. um, women were viewed as part of heretics that were pushed out of um, communities and viewed as deviant. Um, and that was so witches became part of the discussion then. And there was also a time period, um, I believe in the um, 1100s would be a proper time around that uh, around that area, when women and men in particular started to look or were viewed very differently. Mm-hmm. So we almost ha- we have this lens where we think men and women always embodied different spheres were completely separate um, and recognize completely separate when we talk about men and women. But, you know, that's, that didn't happen until during that time period where really men and women started to embody different spheres, but also um, where the value of women's work began to decrease and Uh. they started to, you know, work out of um, were, they certainly worked a lot out of taverns, and, but also out of the home um, where they made, they were herbalists, they were the doctors, but their work began, began to be less valued. And even more importantly, and this gets to the whole entire conversation about um, witch hunts and about women viewed as witches, that's super important, is um, women were viewed as weaker and they were viewed as more susceptible to the devil. Right, so a yeah. lot of people think that witches um, and the idea of witched, witches comes from a very misogynistic place. And actually, a lot of researchers will counter that and say, certainly misogyny has a role in this. But ultimately, they just believed that women were more capable of um, 
succumbing to the devil and succumbing to these evils because they were weaker, the weaker sex. And certainly they were valued as needing protection. Uh, Okay, so the communities now needed protection. um, And a lot of what we see uh, jumping a little bit ahead, but to the trials in Europe um, and then to the Salem witch trials in the 1600s, most of the juries were men. And what I found really interesting as well, something that happened that totally shifted in the way that witch hunts progressed, um, there used to be a sort of inquisition or accusations that came from the people where if you made an accusation against a witch, for example, um, and you couldn't prove that this accusation was correct, uh, your hand was cut off. So for example, if um, you wanted to prove or you accuse someone of being a witch, and the punishment for the the crime was that this person's hand was cut off or some grotesque crime. Um, and you couldn't prove that you were the one that suffered the fate. Mm-hmm. And this all changed. And that's why the Salem witch trials, we saw a lot, a lot of accusations that came from the common folk, from the Puritans themselves, and they suffered no consequences whatsoever um, from that. And I think it's interesting too, um, there were a lot of, of witch hunts in certain areas, and it really depended on what was going on in Spain and England right. and France during the time um, that really set the tone and the stage for how witches were treated. And you might know this, uh, Robert, of the history of Martin Luther, for mm-hmm. example, um, was very pro witch hunt and, you know, found that um, witches should be burned. But, you know, there, because that often becomes the loudest voice, what we don't realize is. Uh, churches during that time were actually fairly lenient, <laughs> and it was scientists and mm-hmm. other folks besides theologians that found um, women uh, w- as witches should suffer more severe consequences. So I just think it's interesting, uh, a lot of the misconceptions surrounding, you know, yeah. w- witches and uh, witch hunts. And one of the, I'm sorry if I'm jumping ahead here, uh, the if, if you don't mind me bringing up the movie, The Witch. Please, okay. please. Yeah, as I, I was going to say, as, as, as kind of wrapping up here, um, I know that you really like The Witch, and I know yeah. you're at a table with people that really like The Witch. So uh, we're going to talk about it later, but I'd okay. love to get your perspective. I love The Witch. Um, believe it came out in 2015. Um, very excited, read a lot of commentary. But also, you know, I think it's better to, or for me, it was better to fully grasp what was happening in the witch when you truly understand the history as well. But one of the most interesting things about uh, the history of witches is uh, witches, especially women, became scapegoats. So anything that happened um, that was, you know, just an illness or your, your equipment wasn't working and um, mm. your plants weren't being, weren't growing after they were being, you know, planted, uh, anything that wasn't going well, um, there's always, it was always something or someone or, or usually God, you know, this is, um, God is punishing us or, um, it, it became the, the women became the scapegoat for bad things that happened. And we saw that happening within this, uh, family. So the, the daughter, the protagonist really became the scapegoat, um, for all the ills that befell the family. So I really found that to be, um, relevant and they're in an, not only just an isolated community, but they're really close to the elements of the earth. You know, all the things that are around them, um, the woods right there and um, the fear of the unknown and um, just the, 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 
the fear of things not working out, of simply surviving and not understanding fully um, why things are going wrong. So I think it's interesting that a lot of times women all throughout history, if we can find one commonality, ended up being the scapegoat for, for evils, if you will, that, that occurred. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate you sharing and being on the podcast. And uh, I'd love for you to um, push the yeah, podcast you've got coming up. I'd love to say a few things. Um, so look out for 1985, the podcast. Um, it's a narrative story. And you know what was happening in the 80s? I'm not sure if y'all are going to bring up or not, but is the satanic panic um, and a lot of, of uh, interesting conversations going on there as far as, you know, horror and related aspects of um, witches and whatnot. But so during this time of uh, satanic pan panic was also the daycare hysteria. And 1985, in 1985, um, I'm telling my own family's connection um, to the daycare hysteria. So really excited to tell that story. Um, hope that, um, you know, your listeners would find that enjoyable as well. Yeah, I'm sure many of them will find it interesting. So, all right, thanks, guys. All right, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Well, really appreciate uh, having Sherry on the show, uh, offering some good insight into uh, the history of witches and witchcraft. Uh, I mean, not really witchcraft, but accusation of women as witches. Um, so, I think a good place to start here. Um, well, what do you guys think about witches? Witches in film? Does it do anything for you? Do you. Uh, Throw me a bone here. <laughs> um, for me, it's always been more interesting from a historical standpoint than it has been cinematically. Sure. I think most of the time in film, it's kind of been portrayed in lame ways. Um, it gets, I think it gets relegated to children's. Yeah. Lots of now there's, that's not, you know, for every, all movies, there's some good ones in there we'll talk sure. about, but I think a lot of the times it's, it's almost tongue in cheek um, yeah. the way it's been approached. Sure. Sure. Hot toddy. Uh, I agree. I feel like uh, I feel like lately there's always a trend. So there's like uh, like vampires is hot, and then zombies. It seems like they try to do witch movies, but they never. I almost feel like they don't ever take it seriously, or or like when there is something where you could have a property like the craft, mm -hmm. they they don't really do much with it. So yeah, I, I feel like there's um. Like like zombies and vampires, like there's a, I feel a lot more we could delve into where where witches is kind of a little bit more limited with movies Absolutely. Other, other than like children's fair. and. Well, I've always thought too, that it, it was interesting that so much of what we know of it comes from fear mongering mm -hmm. um, and really kind of taking a truth and spinning it into something completely different that is then, you know, just kind of steeped in false fear. I mean, going back through history, I mean, some of the validity that came to these terms came from laws against them, right. not their actual practices and recognition of that. It was taking ideas of something and being scared of it and kind of casting it out. Right. You know what I mean? And a lot of this works against, too, you know, we have friends who are, are Wiccan or pagan, you know, and it's just like this stuff portrayed in film, this stuff portrayed throughout history of hunting down witches has nothing to do with like modern day right. Wiccan or paganism or earth-based religions. And so it's, it's, it, it definitely muddies it a little bit, you know, and I can understand if maybe they're like, uh, you know, maybe they get upset that there's another shitty portrayal of witches mm -hmm. and something, you know what I mean? Um, so that being said, I, I want to start with, oh, I guess I didn't say I, I've always just been fascinated by it 
also from a historical perspective, mm -hmm. um, being a history major in my undergrad and, you know, going through seminary and being a pastor now, like, um, I've always been fascinated just historically with witches also and the ways in which uh, religion has been used in a negative way and trying to undo a lot of that. So mm -hmm. that's where some of my interest has come from. Uh, I want to start. Uh, did any of you or have any of you ever watched Paxson Witchcraft Through the Ages, 1922? I have not. I know it's the first one, but I've, I've never got my hands on a copy of it. It's actually on Amazon Prime. Streaming. Is it? Yeah. I would have never thought to look there for I that. I just happened to see it, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Because cool. I had a, I had a, uh, a copy. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have the Criterion, which I'd, I'd love to get my hands on that someday, because I got the Criterion treatment. I mean, that's how legit it is. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's really neat. It's really neat. A little dry. Well, and, uh, <laughs> 1922. In the portrayal of it, too, more of a helpful kind of stance from it. Like, I've always read that it's not what you think it'll be. Uh, it's... It's it's based off of the works of what's called the, the Malleus Maleficarum, uh, which was the witch's hammer, which was a book used to hunt witches. And so actually it's it's really about identifying witches uh, okay. and and doing so in negative manner. So it shows, you know, it shows all these great classic old drawings and wood cuttings of, of witches cool. and them being in league with the devil, uh, shout out to Venom, in league with Satan. Um <laughs> You know, and so it's it's a neat movie. It's it's worth a watch, especially Professor for you because yeah. you love old black and white film and, and history history horror. of film. Yeah. yeah, and so yes, uh, it's uh, silent film with uh, narration added for different parts. So um, it's cool. It's a neat movie. Awesome. And I'm making just, note of it right now. Yeah, and I mean, some good nightmare fuel. And some of the ways that it's shot, it's real creepy. Awesome. So it's very cool. I, I wanted to watch it for a long time. This episode finally gave me the reason I needed to push me over the head to watch it. And I really liked Haxon. Uh, gentlemen, take your pick. Pick a pick a film, throw one out. Let's let's talk about witches and cinema. I, I think for me, uh, when I think of witch, I think of like probably stuff that I grew up on. I always think of Bugs Bunny. Like Hazel the Witch. Oh, yeah. Or like the, the Donald Duck cartoon, Trick or Treat. Um, oh, Wizard yeah. of Oz. Yeah, Wizard this of Oz. probably the first thing that comes to my mind when I hear witch. Yeah. Um, and then, like, I had to look it up, which it's, I guess, the premiere episode of Tales from the Dark Side. Um, but the episode Trick or Treat, I, I remember that as a kid because the witch was pretty scary to me. Yeah. It's been a while. I'm sure if I watch it now, it's probably not the same, but... I don't know. Just uh, I don't know how your guys' family was, but to me, that was a, a way to keep me in line. Would be to tell me that the basement witch Hazel <laughs> would get me, or was coming up to get me. Yeah, my parents didn't abuse me, but uh... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it wasn't child abuse back in the eighties. That was perfectly acceptable. Yeah, you, you know, you didn't use belts. <laughs> you psychological warfare. <laughs> uh, uh, no, you go ahead. You go uh, ahead. Like, do we want to do we want to pick a, a film to talk about, or are we just talking in general? I'm, I'm saying you can pick a film. Well, I I'll get this one out of the way. Uh, when we were getting into this episode, I was looking for anything with witch in the title that was readily available to me. Erotic witch, project. and I thought, oh hey, I've never seen The Witches of Eastwick before. That was a big deal when it came out. I watched it, it and. 
Hated it. <laughs> oh my lord, I did not like it. Wrong. Like if I, if I, maybe if I was a woman, I would have enjoyed it more. Uh, maybe it was a product of its time. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, towards the, it wasn't what I was expecting. Let's put it that way. I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't what I was expecting. Uh, there is some good like uh, effects and imagery toward the end of the film that lends itself to more horror, which I guess I expected more of the witchcraft end of it with this movie. Um, Nicholson was great in it, but this movie, it finally registered with me what I've heard people say before, that Jack Nicholson is great at playing Jack Nicholson, and he really doesn't play anything else. Um, so, yeah. Which Especially is a, once the 80s kicked in. Yeah, so Witches of Eastwood. Has anybody else seen that? So I have. The theater, I love it. Love it. I, I I think it's fun in the sense of um, taking uh, kind of modern or, you know, classic ideas and placing them in modern times in this small New England town with, you know, Jack Nicholson's character. And then we've got the three witches. And I mean, it's just it's for me, it's really nothing to take that serious because it never tells you to. It's just, you know, a, a good time. I like the, the way of him romancing them as they go through like with the over-the-top dancing and other things. But, I mean, from a horror aspect, there's really not much going on there. There, there was like a TV reboot that, that came on a few years ago where it was almost like a sequel to the movie. It's like um, The Witches of East End, isn't it? Oh, uh, there is that, but there was a Witches of Eastwick, and oh. it, it lasted like a season. Um, but I think it t- took place shortly after the movie would have. Okay. Gotcha. That's all I know. Like I watched a couple episodes. Like I didn't care for the show. Like I, I don't know. How do you feel about the movie? Tell the movie was marketed for me. I'm like yeah. it's Cher, <laughs> Susan Sarandon, Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. I have not seen it. I I wanted to watch it in preparation for this episode, but I didn't get around to it. So okay. it's a fun movie, I think. Cool. Cool. Yeah. It's it's not the go to if if you were like. When you think of witches, what movie would would I recommend? It probably wouldn't be Witches of Eastwick, but sure. All right, Professor, yeah. you look like you got one on the tip of your tongue there. Well, I was going to say, with you mentioned Haxon and the Silent Era, and there really isn't much in between mm-hmm. in terms of actual movements and film. Um, we mentioned The Wizard of Oz, obviously. For many of us, myself included, that's one of the earliest examples. Well, I think that's of, one of the most iconic. Yeah. Uh, depiction interactions with a witch for me as well as snow white mm-hmm. um yeah. i mean that's just for me those two started me out because they weren't really used in any capacity in uh classic horror films basically past the silent film we've mentioned right um has anybody seen the seventh seal val oh. luton film oh no i was thinking of uh ingrid uh oh yeah this the one I'm talking about is basically interesting in this in the stance of m- matching it up, and I may be mixing the titles up. Seventh victim, okay. Seventh victim, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, you're right. Seventh seal, seventh victim, seventh victim, and it's basically in a lot of ways what Suspiria would become decades later. It's a Val Luton film, and we're in New York City uh, with a girl who's starting to uncover some weird things going on, and. As you can imagine, we get into some witches and uh, group activity at this school she's at. And it, it's eerie. There's a great shower scene long before Psycho existed. 
that has some of the same things used. There's not an attack, but it's a ominous scene with just a silhouette standing outside the shower curtain, basically telling her you might want to quit poking around. And for 40 cinema, pretty damn terrifying. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite movies by Val Luton, not really celebrated in the same way that some of the others are, uh, but an interesting one kind of in no man's land because really not until the sixties did we get into more common usage of witches in cinema. Right. Um, which the one I wanted to mention uh, up until the recent, the witch was one of my favorites uh, right at the top would be black Sunday. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah, absolutely. Has, has anybody watched that one? Yes. Okay. That's, that's one of my absolute favorite ones now, not necessarily from a historical standpoint in, you know, and going into some of the common themes that people like witches for, but it's a fascinating watch for when it was made because like Baba kind of busted onto the scene with this thing. It's grotesque. Um, it's not dark, a, not a spinoff of Friday. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> and so basically you have a woman who is, uh, persecuted for being a witch. Um, they put a mask on her with spikes in it clamp it, bash it into her face and kill her. I can't mm -hmm. remember if they actually burn her as well, but she's, it's the same, you know, basically that vibe mm -hmm. of them rallying around and uh, murdering her over it. And the movie takes place then uh, many years later where she basically jumps into a, a body of someone that looks just like her and she's seeking revenge on all of the offspring, oh, wow. which I've always found. I mean, obviously it's kind of wild, but, it's also cinematically very pleasurable mm -hmm. in terms of having witches come back generations later yeah. after lineages, lineages of people who persecuted and killed them. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think with, with black Sunday, that's one of the more important ones, not only because it's effective, it, it's not trying to be cute. Like it's gross and yeah. it's scary, right. but also because it happened that same year that people have referenced where kind of globally horror, horror changed with Psycho, uh -huh. Peeping Tom, this, and Eyes Without a Face. Yeah. It's just these movies that were way more extreme visually than anything I'd seen. And so, I mean, just in for film in general, it's important, but also I think an excellent movie. I mean, it still holds up well, you know, coming up on 60 years later. It's still pretty gross, pretty yeah. creepy. Yeah, that's why I, I own the Blu-ray, and it's it's still on my, my shame list for, for never watching it. In time. Uh, another older one, Witchfinder General. Yeah, Vincent, Vincent Price, Price, right? Yep. Vinny, the, the Conqueror. Worm. You're the Vincent Price guy. I I have not. I've not only have I not seen it, I've not heard of that. Change your. I name. mean, it's about like the Witchfinder General, right? The mm -hmm. guy, yeah. That's much of what uh the devils would go on to kind of pull yes. from, except in a much more extreme manner. Yeah. Shout out to uh Ken Russell's The Devils. Yep. Um, which I finally watched for the first time. Isn't it so for good? this? Yeah. I. And I knew it wasn't straight witch movie, exactly. but I, I thought that to... with the persecution, yeah. I could kind of lump it in and was an important viewing. Whew. That was wild. Based on the, the Devils of Lou Don. Um, uh, it's not Aldous Huxley, is it? The book? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Anyway, yeah. Uh, Ken Russell's The Devils. Um, banned in America. That's uh, you still extreme. Can't, you still can't get it here. Yep. Um such a good movie. Uh, again, hunting down heretics, Inquisition. Um, not necessarily a witch movie. But it's it's about a convent of nuns mm -hmm. who um, 
start would you say worshiping the devil yeah yeah <laughs> so witchy enough in the sense of the old idea of witches uh being people who sold out and, and started worshiping the devil and going to sabbats and things like that so it's interesting too because it it, it completely demonstrates and what has happened throughout history where people exploit this for political gain because within exactly. the, within the devils it's all about destroying these cities you know building up new restructuring right and we've got this kind of thing going on with oliver e where it's like no do not touch our area yes and then so then we're going to come after you in a different way yeah very much to show that uh things that have historically been you know blamed on religion you kind of see that it's really more about empire building yep and so religion was just a mask that was painted like all right we want to take over this city or this area or this kingdom let's find a religious reason to uh justify our motives right for coming in and exporting their riches and their their resources which i think is a shame to completely dismiss a movie like the devils as solely you know in bad taste right it's like there is so much more going oh, on yeah. here i mean it's a brilliant film yeah it's a, and a historically brilliant film too yeah very cool uh toddy or vinny throw out another witch movie I was thinking uh, Lords of Salem, which is is something more modern. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about it. I don't know if I was in the rare that I I actually like Lords of Salem because it reminded me a lot of like a lot of the older witch movies. Um, not a a great movie, and I've only watched it the once, so I didn't rush to. It's not like it's on the on the view every time, but um, there was definitely things I didn't like about it. That was weird, like the the eyes wide shut orgy scene at the end, but there was still kind of a like a creepy like just kind of like i know rob zombies usually in the 70s anyways but it reminded me of like those those time period like witch movies i am, i'm gonna let benny speak about this i'm historically not a rob zombie movie fan uh, they are always visually stunning but i'm always very critical of uh the dialogue is usually it sounds I, like I agree with that. kids who just learned how to cuss. Like, <laughs> like and I, I think maybe you had, the professor had said it on a previous episode that I'm not a person who's approved in any way, and I've got a pretty dirty mouth. And a lot of times his movies even make me go, God, this is gratuitous. Yeah. Um, it doesn't even fit. Nobody I felt that way when I watched that. Halloween. I think that Sherry is a terrible actress. Um, now, all of that being said, so I sat down to watch Lords of Salem. And I started, and the movie's on for like a half hour, and all of a sudden I'm like, wow, this is, the dialogue's not full of a bunch of profanity just for the sake of having profanity. It's like, Sherry's acting is actually pretty decent in this movie. And I watched the movie, and this whole time I'm going, holy shit, I'm enjoying a Rob Zombie movie thoroughly, you know? And then <laughs> it act. went House of a Thousand <laughs> Corpses, yeah. Dr. Satan. And I like House of a Thousand Corpses until it gets to Dr. Satan. And then this movie does the same thing. It yep. takes a turn. It's such a such a solid movie. Mm -hmm. And then it just takes a turn and just turns to shit. And at the end of it, I'm just like, oh, man. I think mm -hmm. if the it's ending, like, if so the ending was gone, I think it would probably be more of a favorite for me. Yeah. If the ending Everybody. was, you know, and you the, know, the last the first end, hour. And, yeah. Yeah. The so first, good. the first two acts of that movie are his best filmmaking. And I've yeah. made, but it's kind of all for naught with the ending. I've made peace with a lot of Rob Zombie's work in that 
He's making what he wants to make. Critics be damned. He's making a movie he wants to make. And, I, and, I, and I've tried to apply that attitude to everything that he's done before I go into it and watch it. At least the dude's doing what he wants to do. Yeah. And he's not making any compromises. But I just... To have such a strong beginning and middle of a movie and then just a totally shit to bed for the end of it. I just, it was so disappointing. Yeah, I, I agree. I uh, echo that echo. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's visually, it's gorgeous. Mm, oh, yeah. absolutely. And like I say, Sherry's, her acting is, I was well, so yeah. shocked by her in this movie. And like the, so much better. the detective work with Bruce Davidson, yeah. it's all just wonderful. You're getting so into it and wondering how it's going to, all kind of come together and then it doesn't it just kind of goes past the the dueling yeah. stories that you've been yeah totally into and then it's like you know people jerking off sex toys and yeah. nude piles of people and and that's fine man like make it however you want but i i the first two acts were they were great yeah and like those flashback scenes to the witches, mm-hmm. you know, gathering. To, Sid Haig with that big-ass hat on. Oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> and then them being burned at the stake. Like, it's so good. And then making the music with their, like, bone instruments. Mm-hmm. It's so badass. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> I, I think style-wise, and that's why I loved it, the first half. Yeah. It reminded me of Suspiria in, like, that time period. Mm-hmm. Let's roll with that. Suspiria. Professor. I know we're going to cover it in depth in a future episode. We're going to do the Mother's Trilogy. Mm-hmm. I would um, imagine next time we get together. Yeah. And two, earlier when you brought up Val Luton, I know that we want to do a Val Luton episode. So we've got some big things coming down the pipe for you listeners. But uh, it hit us with a little Suspiria here. I've, I've only seen it once. Um, I definitely look forward to watching it again. Um, but uh, hit us with Suspiria. Suspiria for me was one of those just like benchmark moments in me watching movies dario argento's yep um i watched that if i remember correctly my first year of living up here in muncie Mm -hmm. and it blew me away um i i'd never seen anything like it 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 was made by dario argento um 1977 um and it's just it's it's beautiful it's beautiful in its colors in a way that most films never have been or ever will be again like it's just incredible how he did that uh with just whole rooms lit up in certain ways and it it works because we are at a ballet school out in the middle of the woods so it almost feels like a fairy tale but it never it never goes too far away from that there's always still a sense of of realism in it and um it just it changed my outlook on horror movies because at that moment in time i was like Okay, there there is whole other countries, you know, making films that I know nothing about, and this one was so good and so scary, and the score from Goblin, and I, it, it just made me realize like I don't need to have some incredible uh, storyline, uh, I don't need to have an incredible monster jump scare any of that, because I can be told horror from different angles yeah with the soundtrack with the way the movie is photographed um that be said that being said it's still scary and it still has some some things in a traditional sense um because as we go further into the movie we uncover that we may have a coven of witches at our school uh we've got some grotesque uh, deaths that mm-hmm. happen 
And so it's very um, alienating at times with Jessica Harper, who is the student who's new there and she doesn't really fit in and she's, she's, she just smells it from a long ways away, like something's wrong here. And even, you know, like when we're watching her at the airport, there's like no one there. It's pouring rain. You got the thumping drums from Goblin playing. It's just, it, it tells a story in a way that I was not familiar with. It, I mean, it just, it blew me away. Mm -hmm. I mean, we'll go beat for beat through the film. Yeah, right. Soon. Right. Uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's, I don't think of it in the traditional sense of witches, but it's one of the best witch movies, period. Yeah. And that being said, I mean, it goes on because the, you know, it's called the Three Mothers Trilogy. Mm -hmm. So it goes on to have a sequel called Inferno. And then the third one is Mother of Tears, which is much newer. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of, it caught a lot of flack, but I think it's an interesting film too in its own right. So three right there for Dr. Argento. All right. Uh, Todd or Benny? Other witch picks? Um. One that, I mean, obviously it's not complete witch, but I love the Warlock movies, like especially the first one. Um, when I said that, I realized, like, actually, I don't love the third one, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, the first first one's the best, second one's not bad. Um, but again, I, I kind of feel like, and as, as he was talking about Suspiria, I feel like, uh, you know, movies from, like, the late 70s on, I feel like before then that we had more witch fare because they, they, they did a lot of... Um, you know, it was just a lot of like uh, movies of the past where I feel like from 70s on most movies when they try to make it now, they usually try to set it in present day or close to. And so now when we think of witches, we think of something different than, you know, like, like prosecution or something. But um, Warlock kind of did both. So it started out, you know, and, uh, you know, he's on trial for being a witch and locked up and then he actually is a warlock. So. He travels through time and, and comes to the present. Present day Los Angeles. Yeah. Very cool. Um, did anyone get a chance to watch Witching and Bitching? I have not. I did not. Man. Put that at the top of your list. <laughs> Newer film. Uh, I want to say it's within the last three or four years. Spanish film. Um, starts off as a crazy bank heist movie. Um, these guys trying to rob a bank and in the process of their getaway, they're out on the Spanish countryside and they run into a coven of witches and they want to sacrifice one of them. Ooh. And it's just bonkers. It's awesome. Like it's so much fun. It's, it's one of the, it's one of the best fun I've had, uh, in a film in recent years and also mainly a foreign film, you know, cause cool. foreign films are so hit or miss. Uh, we had such luck with the whaling and some other things recently. I know you guys love train to Busan. I haven't got to see it yet, but, uh, but yeah, witching and bitching. If you're going to go out of your way to watch a foreign horror film, watch this one. Cause it's all, it's, it's kind of horror comedy too. Cool. So it's not, it's not super serious. It's tongue in cheek, but it's nuts and, uh, lots of fun. So I would definitely, definitely recommend witching and bitching which by the title you would say that's stupid i'm not gonna watch that <laughs> but yeah definitely it used to be on netflix it's not anymore but if it ever pops back up check it out i think one we haven't mentioned that uh not not really horrid at all it's drama actually about the crucible 
Yes, um, I just put that on my list. Never seen the original, which I would I I still want to see, but I I've seen the 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 remake, which was two thousands, late nineties, like right in there. Late nineties. Yeah. Um you know, definitely if, if you're if you want to watch witch movies, I kind of feel like it's it's a must, at least one of those to watch. Cause again, you know, you get the whole witch trials and Well, first off, it has my boyfriend, Daniel Day Lewis in it. <laughs> <laughs> your left foot I, I, yeah my left foot I own that too uh, I, I'm often accused of him being my man crush and I don't care to deny that uh, Daniel Day-Lewis is in it he's phenomenal Winona Ryder phenomenal stole the show oh man The Crucible is such a phenomenal movie about the Salem Witch Trials and, and I kind of feel and, and we keep coming back to I kind of feel like The Witch was like a newer take but it's like Okay, well, you know, the other ones, it was kind of like, let's keep the dramatic side of it where the witch, you know, went more horrific and yeah, and with the twist that it had. Uh, Professor Vinny, Crucible. You guys seen that? Like that? It's been a long, long time. Did you have to watch it in English class? I think that's probably <laughs> what it was. Most people had to see it in English class. I haven't seen it. What? Get yeah, really? out. I haven't seen it. And you like Daniel Day-Lewis too, right? Love him. Yeah. You oh, drink your milkshake. <laughs> I'll check that out. Priest. Yeah, you've got to see The Crucible. It's it's a masterpiece. Uh, uh, maybe not a masterpiece, but it's what, great. What do y'all know about The Craft? Ooh, let's the, talk about The, uh, the, craft. the Cheese? Or... <laughs> I watched The Craft, the craft for the first time since 1996. Diggity dang. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, same here. And let me tell you something. Took me right back to the time and place. Did you like, get a lady boner? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I'll say that it, the movie has held up. I think I've always over the, the last twenty years. It has. It's, uh, it's still aged well. so good. I don't think that movie would have been what it is without Feruza Bulk mm-hmm. mm-hmm. in that role. I don't think we. I don't think we'd be sitting here talking about it if it wasn't for her. Yeah, she made that movie. I think yeah. the. I think the four girls were good, but then she like. She was great for the character she played. Yeah. Yeah, I, she rose the bar. I on. often forget how much of a crush I had on Nev Campbell in the 90s until <laughs> I see 90s Nev Campbell again. It's like, whoo, lordy. Uh, someone in that movie should have told her character that uh, you don't need wish, witchcraft to wash your hair with soap <laughs> and shampoo. That don't, that don't take spells, girl. <laughs> Maybe she had to use special stuff for her burns. Yeah, buddy. Vinny, the insensitive <laughs> prick. But no, I thought I I was honestly surprised at how well it held up. Yes, it did. I I hadn't seen it since it came out. I, I was in junior high when it came out. There were some girls at my uh, junior high school. Whenever we'd have a little social gathering, they'd try to make their little Ouija board with paper, and I'd call them <laughs> the craft. <laughs> <laughs> and they embraced it because they love the craft. Um, but yeah, it's such a good movie. It's it's still good. I. Uh, yeah, same here. I hadn't watched it since. I know, I know they're talking about, and I, I don't think a remake at is necessary whatsoever. Like, yeah. if you want to put different people in and throw a two on it, I'm cool with. Don't remake it because yeah. I don't. It doesn't need a remake. Uh, in that movie, Ski Ulrich, I'm pretty sure he was created in a lab using Johnny Depp <laughs> and Damone from Fast Time at Ridgemont High's <laughs> DNA. It worked. <laughs> Man. Do you love that you've got another '90s horror movie with Nev Campbell and Ski Ulrich? In yep. <laughs> Yeah, when he turns around in the hallway and acts like you don't know her. Ooh. 
It's like, man, so I kicked this dude's ass. Cold as ice, boy. He punched in his we, mouth. We, uh, Flashback Weekend, they did a, was a 20th anniversary screening yeah. last year, and for that Rachel True do the introduction oh, for cool. that. Yeah. There's a scene where a dude gets run over in that movie that is brutal. Like, I was, I, it caught me off guard. I was like, oh, oh, that's sweet. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, the craft, I, I was really surprised at how well that held up. Because yeah. a lot of things out of that era have not held up. Oh, yeah. for sure. For sure. It's got that great line, too. We are the weirdos, mister. Yeah. I mean, especially if you're a teenager watching that, instantly yeah. you're like, all right, this movie's okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys ever watched The Covenant? No. I, I want to say same studio, or it's it's somehow attached to the craft, but... I think I've seen it on the shelves, but I've never watched um... it. Um... How many of you guys I, watch Practical Magic for this episode? I've seen Practical Magic. <laughs> I did not. Carrie loves it. I was, like, I was willing to watch the, it. The Covenant's not bad. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of like, it didn't work as well as The Craft, because it literally is just like, let's get four pretty guys, hmm. and let's throw them in this movie. But yeah, that's, hmm. I don't know. Practical Magic, uh, I didn't mind either. Like, but I didn't. I didn't watch it for this. Yeah, I I was willing to watch it. Did you like it? it. Did, I would have. No, I didn't watch it. I was, yeah, was going to say, say uh, I would have watched Practical it. Magic have rape? I had so many. I was totally yeah. joking. No, I I did not watch Practical Magic. I was going to say I think there's rape in it. Uh, well, sign me up. I love that. <laughs> now you talk um, about the Covenant being four pretty guys, and you talk about Warlock earlier. Is this is this uh, cultural appropriation? Men taking over the witch <laughs> stuff here? Well, you know, there's there's he witches. He witches. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's true. You kind of touched earlier on Snow White. I feel like Disney. I feel like almost like if it is a female villain, she's probably a witch. Yeah. So because yeah. I mean, like other than uh, what they did to her in the Maleficent movie, like the Sleeping Beauty witch, to me was always awesome. Yeah. yeah. The, until they made her the good guy for. Well, and Ursula was a sea witch. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. You're right. And um, Higgins. Disney also did something wicked this way comes, which is kind of uh, I don't know what he was, but. It was kind of more, I guess, with magic than, uh... <laughs> professor I'm professor got very unsettled. I'm just listening. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, yeah, like Into the Woods, that's kind of more recent. Again, like a witch, Once Upon a Time is Disney. I think they got the a lot TV of witches. Show? Yeah. It's a good show. Uh, there's a lot of witches, I think, popping up on TV. So, I mean, obviously Buffy's been out for a long time, but... Witches in True there. Blood. Yeah, yeah, uh, with um, Lafayette being a yeah. male witch. That, he was great. That was a great role. Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, yeah. Bewitched. Bewitched. Uh, Bywitched. Bywitched. <laughs> as a kid, I kind of had a crush on Samantha from Bewitched. Uh, Hot Toddy, you, you brought up Teen Witch earlier. Teen Witch is a, I don't want to say classic, but... I'm ashamed to say I've never seen it. I haven't seen it either. It's um, it's shit tastic where it's it's so bad it's good. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you didn't watch it as a kid that you would like it now because it's bad. <laughs> it's bad, but I don't know. I still enjoy it. It's got like Ruba. Uh, what's her last name? Ruba McIntyre. Not Ruba. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, Poltergeist. Oh, Zelda. Yeah. Rubenstein. What was I saying? Ruben. <laughs> Ruben Ruben. Ruba. Ruben McIntyre. I was having a stroke. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for helping Happy me. Birthday. Somebody put a spell on me. Um, there's one on my list that I didn't get to watch for this. Romance. I've never seen, and it's on my guilty movie list, which is Burn Witch Burn. I'm not familiar with that. I think it's nope. 60s. Anybody see it? I haven't seen it. No? Yeah. We're all failures then. 
Have you guys seen the witch that came from the sea? Nah. That's another cult hit. I didn't watch that one either. And that Ursula? That was included in the Arrow set. Was it? They did the American Horror Project. Oh, yeah. And they How picked about... three obscure ones, and that's one of them. And People I don't think it's even that. about a witch. I think it's about like yeah. a lady getting revenge because like her husband. What about her. some of the newer uh, stuff they they pushed out, like Season of the Witch and like Hansel, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunter and... So I've heard that Hansel and Gretel movie is legit. I heard it's like a it's not bad, and I didn't mind. Movie. I didn't mind season of the witch, but Talk I feel like Nick, Nick, Cage. Nick Cage isn't like people love to shit on a certain thing at a certain time, and right now Nick Cage is in that slump. So I was of, I was a, gonna say he ain't helping. He's a garbage actor. <laughs> let's be honest. Uh, you've clearly never seen Con Air. <laughs> I've seen it. That's oh, I'll give I'll think Nick, Nick Cage is. He's got some chops. Yeah. Just he hadn't bothered using them in a while. Well, he's taking all these <laughs> films that are just they're making to be sellers in the international yeah. market. Alimony. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh well earlier you were you were talking about Teen Witch. I want to roll on the kid kick for a minute. Um Hocus Pocus, y'all. Be real. Yeah. Yep. Hocus Pocus is phenomenal. I love and, Hocus Pocus. And let's all get ready to shame <laughs> Professor because he's never seen it. Still haven't. I hadn't seen it until a few years ago. I didn't watch it for this show either. I'm sorry. Vinny, as a grown man who just watched Hocus Pocus a few years ago, give us your honest review. No, I liked it. Like, uh, I'm, I'm always skeptical because, like, uh, I guess this kind of ties in a way, too. Uh, I was an adult who had never read the books when I saw a preview for Harry Potter, the movies. And I saw the movies, and I was like, people were like, how was it? And I said, it probably been great if I was 10. You know, yeah. Um, after, you feel that way about Harry Potter? After I read the source material, my my uh, opinion changed. Oh, okay. Uh, but just being a, a grown dude watching the first Harry Potter movie didn't do a lot for me. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. That's uh, the first few juvenile. Yeah. But then it gets pretty. So serious. I watched. Uh, so I watched Hocus Pocus, and I wondered if it wasn't going to be the same thing. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised by it. I really was. Like it's it's got the it's got the fun of a of a kid's horror movie if, if, if that makes sense yeah. to put it in those terms uh it's not as goofy as Ernest scared stupid but then again it's not serious enough that it's going to give a kid nightmares i guess but it's fun it's done it's acted well um it's just fun it's Mick, a fun movie Mick Garris. i was gonna say i think Mick Garris is the reason we love it and his his original script wasn't wasn't the movie it was darker sure i i don't know that it wasn't Still not a that kids movie, but... That is the most but... attractive that Sarah Jessica Parker will ever <laughs> been in that, is in that movie. Uh, Doug Jones is in it? Yeah. Um, Hocus... People can say what they want, but, like, I think uh, horror fans came out of the woodwork when they announced that they were remaking it, and everybody was, was pissed and up in arms, especially the fact that Bed Midler, like, everybody involved said they would love to do a second film. Yeah. And, and like, even Bed Midler was like, you know, you're just you're just shitting on the movie, like... Yeah. There's no need to remake that. No, there's really no need. Well, to no, remake it's a a, it's going to be a TV remake. I think a oh. sequel could be cool, but sure, a sequel could be fun. Could be. Could be. Could. Be. It's not going to be now. Or they can shit the bed. You can. So the there's bed. your reasons why you should watch Hocus Pocus, Professor. Duly noted. Watch it. It's right. watch it. So uh, uh, on on Kids Fair though, like, uh, how about Jim Henson's The Witches? Aha! Uh-huh, that's where I was going next. Aha! Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> The Witches. Uh, just watched it for the first time. Oh, for the first time? That was a first time for Carrie and I both, which is surprising. I've a lot never of seen it, and that bothers me because I'm a big Jim Henson fan. Well, I, love Jim Henson. I was a 
obsessed fan of Roald Dahl yeah, when I was a kid. This is a Roald Dahl story. And so I read the book, and then the movie came out, and it was a big deal for me. And then how grotesque it got. Oh, man. <laughs> Made it like 10 times cooler than man. even at that age I thought it was good. Jim, Jim Henson's company didn't care if you were a kid or not. Yeah. I mean, like, this movie went places for like a Jim Henson movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's scary. Some parts of it are pretty genuinely scary. Like those witches, those ladies and all the witch makeup, frightening. You almost forget about the Skeksis and the Dark Crystal. <laughs> I was going to say Dark Crystal. I mean, Labyrinth isn't as dark, but. Yeah, sure. No, uh, first time around watching the witches, Carrie and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, don't let it deter you being a kid's movie. Yeah. It, it goes some places you wouldn't expect. Yep. Um, we just talked about the season of the witch on our Romero episode, depending on how we air these, but, um, which movie, you know, this lady practices witchcraft to cover up her bored suburbanum. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. Um, what about some of the, uh, I, looking up, looking up for this, uh, movies I didn't think about because I guess cause of the voodoo angle, but like skeleton key, Eve's Bayou has been so long since I've seen that picture, and I do know it's it's uh it does deal with voodoo, so I guess it's probably the connection. But I'd love if we could put together a voodoo episode. Have you guys ever seen Skeleton Key? I mm-hmm. love Skeleton Key. Because I never really thought of it as like a witch movie, but no. I guess technically, kind of. I guess. I mean, it's a it's, it's more voodoo. Like I would put voodoo. it in the voodoo category, yeah. but which is, I guess, at the end of the day, is a damn witch. Yeah. But then the uh, Candy Man, or sorry, Pumpkinhead, <laughs> uh, has the which that yeah, yeah, yeah. brings that all up. I have pumpkin head on my list. Yeah, that does have an old witch in it. Um, like, no, only that, but she, she's witch. to me what I think. Sorry, of, I'm getting ahead of myself there. I uh, I think of when I think witch, I think of like pumpkin head, like like her. You got anything Definitely to add a, to that, Vinny? Um, People a badass witch though. Nope. So I can remember seeing seeing her back in the day. Oh, like, yeah. Holy very hell, very scary. Um, Blair Witch. You know, we don't get much by way of the witch in the first film. Second film, we get the weird stuff happening. It's so meta. It's whatever. I'm still excited from the third. Secretly, we all love Blair Witch too. That's true. But yeah, Blair Witch, the third film. Um, lots of good solid witch stuff happening because it fleshes out the witch story from the first and even... A little bit of the second film too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Blair Witch, good solid witch. If, if they continue, I would I would gladly go see another one if they if they did what they did in Blair Witch and, and continued with it. Yeah, it's funny too that you bring that up though because it's like it's even in the title, and still when the top like a topic like this gets brought up, I feel like Blair Witch doesn't go to the the front. No, <laughs> and it, when. The humor of it is, is that it really is. Do you think it's because we don't we don't really see it like yeah, we do it's in just other pictures? The, the or... approach and presentation removes that, but it's like at the core of it, the idea of it is, I mean, one hundred percent what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. So I, that's interesting. How about a uh, every which way but loose? <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here! Shut up, Clyde. <laughs> uh, I got a couple. All right, Summer of Fear. Anybody seen that one? No, man. I'm Anybody? familiar. I know it's Wes Craven TV movie, I think. Well, with I, with I don't, Linda Blair. I don't think I ever watched it. 
uh just they somebody just put it out on blu-ray i've nice seen that it. it's, it's coming out um out. that is dealing solely with uh a cousin who comes to live uh with linda blair and her family and linda blair is going nuts because she is convinced that this girl is a witch there's some stuff happening uh interesting twist later in the movie but since i'm the only person here that's watched it i'll go ahead and not spoil that <laughs> just in case you you check it out at some point. I mean, it's Wes Craven and Linda Blair, so you might. Mm-hmm. Um, the Love Witch. Anybody watch that one? The recent film? Wasn't that a Kiss album? <laughs> love Witch. I thought that was the Love Itch. <laughs> love it's not a... <laughs> no. There we go. No. All right. <laughs> Can uh, I get a firm note here? <laughs> I would recommend this one to everybody. It's uh, interesting because uh, the main woman in it who's playing the witch mm-hmm. uh, wrote and directed it also. And she has made it look exactly like a film made in about, I don't know, 66, 67. Oh, wow. It's a brand new film. Um, the, the storytelling in it is interesting enough. She lives out on the West coast. Um, and she's kind of, uh, exactly as it describes a love, witch. <laughs> she gets, uh, into some situations and do what she, ha- she does what she has to do, uh, with certain men. Um, moving along her way and it's just a movie basically following her but if nothing else it's interesting to see that this movie was made now and how it's nailed to a T down to the cars the outfits this is an independent movie and it looks I mean literally like it was made back then it's very impressive every list I looked up that had like even even the like 15 best has that movie on the list yeah it because I, 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 I've never heard of it until looking it up for this. and <clears throat> So, yeah, I would recommend that one, especially if it comes up on a streaming platform to oh, check cool. out. What year is it? Uh, 2016. Yeah, I was going to say. That I, new. Okay, yeah, like cool. it just came out. Very like cool. Home video this year, but it was probably made last year. Nice. What about Elvira, Mistress of the Dark? It's a good one. Which, do you have any, because we kind of covered it a little bit for our show. Oh, yeah, because I, I wasn't on that one. Um, <laughs> I'll keep it brief. I love it. That movie's just so much fun. It's a blast. She's the best. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously, we all enjoy the hosting, but that's a great, great time in the feature. I'm not as crazy about the next movie. I don't hate it, but it doesn't have the magic that is possessed from a woman that is at the top of the game when that movie is made. I mean, she's just, she's it. She's a cultural phenomenon at that point, And it, it oozes over on every frame of that movie. And she's just, she's owning it. It's funnier than hell. It's a good time. Well, we, we commented when we did the episode about that, where this was a, a time when uh, the public was into these kind of weird characters like Ernest, Elvira, mm-hmm. Pee Wee. Like, it was a weird time where the, the public was very accepting and was hungry for these mm-hmm. types of characters. And of course, John Paragon, who was John B wrote this with Cassandra Peterson. Uh, and I think you can feel that they just, they're people who knew how to handle an odd character that yeah. shouldn't be in the real Too world. But they for are. the real world. Yeah. yeah. Did Jim Varney own the Ernest character? No, 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 because I, I, when we did Elvira, it's, I think Elvira is the only one. No, that does he still own? Yeah, because yeah, he did a new Paul movie. Yeah. So I think, I I think they're the only two that, uh, that own their character. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know, because I know Ernest made a lot of terrible Ernest movies there towards the end. And of course he died young. Yeah. I mean young, but he like... He like 67? No. Uh, he was younger. I bet he was in his 50s. I yeah, early 50s, up. yeah. So, 
he would have died before we were having these conversations about how important it was to own your character before. All yeah. That. Yeah. Uh, interesting one here to think about I don't consider it a witch movie but Rosemary's Baby popped up on a lot of lists I think it's a satanic I, I, would, I, would, I, would, I would throw it in satanic than, than witch yeah. but curiously enough as Sherry was talking about the beginning of the episode you know the traditional view of witches were women who joined Satan you know and, and literally kissed his ass to to become followers of the devil um and they would go to you know their sabbats uh with their coven and worship the devil so yes i could see you could make the stretch that if you are following the devil and you're female you're a witch henceforth rolling into rosemary's baby i don't buy it i'm just saying you can make the stretch yeah my, my mind goes to 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 other than sure. witches are a second thought with that movie for me i just i kind of think of cult it group. never would have crossed my mind yes with that movie right because i think that we are uh culturally refined enough to not see cult activity as witch activity right in our day and age whereas yep. maybe the original audience yeah maybe i don't know maybe and they... just to me that's a, a collective effort between male and female participating yeah. in that group it just that doesn't carry all the definitions we've been talking about tonight of, the, of these other films. I mean, certainly you can apply some of it, but it's it's kind of where it's convenient to me. Yeah. That's not really a, a true blue, you know, witch but, movie. Bunch of witches. <laughs> I have an odd one on the list, but when I watch it, that's all I can think of is, is a witch, but Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Because to me, Freddy... Freddy is like a witch in that movie. Like, like yes. maybe not necessarily like. Well, it's a Hansel and Gretel story. Yeah. Which, which, if a Q and A panel or something that we watched where his ex wife was discussing, you know how he was, and she kept mentioning that he had a script for Hansel and Gretel. And I really feel like it got thrown into. Are you talking new, about Craven's Widow? Yeah, I think it got thrown into New Nightmare definitely because it's it's definitely Hansel and Gretel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, sure, and I thought that too. I, I literally thought that when we started. Uh, this episode and then like, tells from the dark side the movie you know also has that the the wraparound story oh, with yeah. the witch yeah yeah debbie harry there's the weird witch vignette in tales of halloween it's my least favorite vignette in the the movie <laughs> she wants to keep putting a kid in the oven maybe it's metaphorical for <laughs> other things she makes her husband dress up as the little german boy oh god i forgot about that that one's bad <laughs> all right has has anyone? It's, this has always been on a list since I was a kid. But Bride uh, with the White Hair. Has anybody ever seen that? Never heard, no. heard of that. It's it's a foreign film. You made it up. Did not make it up. <laughs> uh, I think it's Japanese, and so of course, you know, we live in Richmond. The video stores didn't carry that kind of stuff. <laughs> I was gonna say because uh, you know we got they would get returned and be like, if I wanted to read, it wasn't next to Quigley Down Under. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was thinking, wait, Earlham has a major Japanese program. It didn't come to Richmond. They didn't rent movies. No, no. Anything to mention before we go into the big glows here? I think you know which film we're talking about. Yeah, I've, I've covered all I had jotted down. Um, I had an- another classic one was I Married a Witch from like oh, the forties. Yeah. Never seen it. Uh, Frederick March. Yeah. Uh, Veronica Lake. Uh, yeah. the wo- the woods with Bruce Campbell. Oh, I've heard of that one, but I've never seen it. I feel like they tried to sell it. Off, That's a girl's school, right? Yeah, I feel yeah. they definitely. Um, again, I think it's MGM. It was similar. The marketing was the craft. 
Yeah. And uh, same way with there was one called uh, Little Witches, I think, with uh, Feruza and that as well. And I, I don't think either one of them was great movies, and they just they really sold try to sell the crafting in. So mm-hmm. They were kind of to me more rip off, but Little Witches was that the one with uh, the kid from Jerry Maguire. Oh, that's where it's the littlest one. vampire. That's the littlest vampire. There is the littlest witch with Tim Curry, which is <laughs> back in kids' fair, but definitely cool. Is the littlest witch or the worst witch? The worst witch. The worst I'm sorry, witch. I'm getting it mixed up. My now. mom's coming. I gotta go to bed. bed. I Dra- gotta go to bed. Drag me to hell. Is that a witch or a gypsy? Are gypsies witches? <laughs> Give me your tears, gypsy. I mean, I, I wouldn't have a problem with calling that a witch movie. I I've never really thought of it that of way, it, but. It, we'd have to think about the Wolfman, the Gypsies in there. The what man? Whoa. Yeah, because they didn't really Thank do. You. They they more they weren't really witches in my opinion. No. Yeah. Drag me to hell because she did kind of trans. I guess that's where where people list it. Something like it's because her transformation, I guess. But yeah, thinner's another one that's in that ambiguous. <laughs> and then I have, I have Narnia on here. Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> the Chronicles <laughs> of Narnia. <laughs> And then I had Ben Knobs and Broomsticks, which is also Disney. So Disney loves satanic witchcraft. Yep. Well, that's how they get the money. All right, round and third and heading home here. Let's talk about... Living Deliciously. One of my favorite horror films of the last decade. Agreed. The Witch. Kiki's Delivery Service. 2016? Or 2015? Uh, I went and saw it last year. It was really yeah. it was released. I don't know. Anyways, the witch. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Thanks for listening. All right. <laughs> Tune in next time as we talk about dog movies. Yeah. Hot Toddy, why, why don't you tell us what you think of The Witch since it's quite clear we've already said we we've love it. We've never heard your opinion. Okay. Uh, I, I went to see this in theaters. Um, instantly, it's weird. Like Movies like this, um, I instantly start looking around at the other people in the audience because I was already liking it, but I, I expected people to start getting up. And uh, I kind of felt like the take they were going was... Uh, that they're, you know, like it was brought up earlier in the episode how, like, you know, you know, just shit going bad would instantly be blamed on a woman. And I kind of felt like that's what the movie was going to end was, you know, I enjoyed the whole movie. And the last few minutes terrified me before I ever left. Like when you actually heard Black Phillip talk behind her, because I, I, I kind of thought it was just going to end before any of that happened. And when you actually heard a voice and, and realized that. You know, this girl is uh, is a witch. And, hey, you know what? You had a couple of years to watch this damn movie. But she wasn't until that point. But, like, why do you think the stuff was happening then? Because because they were already there trying to... So I kind of felt like she was at least her. being initiated. See, I don't think she was a witch until the end. I really? So. I feel I'm like not, she was I've at never... least on the, on the edge of it. I mean... You'd only one dog. I don't know, brother and sister are getting it on and all kinds of crazy stuff. and um, Which I guess Flowers in the Attic would be a witch movie then too. But <laughs> It's going to be a no for me, dog. Mm-hmm. Um, professor. Um, well, in, in re- direct response to that, I, I didn't take it as her being that. I took it as her being 
a further example of the family doing to her what their community had just done to them. Yeah. In the sense of taking something that seems off or wanting to blame other situations on someone who doesn't deserve it necessarily. And it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy sometimes in those situations. So it's like you push and push and push and tell somebody there's something long enough. Yeah. They become it. And so I feel like they were cast out on, you know, kind of like this feeling of the perimeter, you know what I mean? Away from the society that they had known right on the edge next to the woods where we've got this stuff going on out there, which I feel is already present. And we basically have a girl who's kind of right in the middle and viewed as the one that mm-hmm. they can bring in, yeah. that she can be a part of it. And so I just feel like it has to do with temptation um, and situations. I would say desperation. Yeah. Yeah. Because you look at a, 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 a dire spot out here and, you know, well, and those go, the, go with them. That's where, that's where witchcraft was often accused for people who were on the fringe of society. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love even down to the, the decision to put them out here living right next to the woods, yeah. like just pushed out. Yep. Yeah. Um, this film, if you, if you get online and you look up, uh, just the witch and historical accuracy people go nuts about how well researched this film was Batting a thousand uh, yeah it's unreal like even people who are like uh, historians or historical reenactment people like they talk about just they can't find anything no there's no flaws even down to the way the woods cut yep just little things. yeah right you know I mean? right the clothing the language the, the way the farming is done yeah. and then you add in the folklore of the witches right down to uh killing a baby and rubbing its blood on you as mm-hmm. flying ointment which happens in Haxon, witchcraft through the ages mm-hmm. throwback there's a callback to 19 spoiler alert yeah <laughs> to 1922 um you mean they hacksing that baby <laughs> hacksing them limbs off um but i love that that was the tagline for this film the witch a new england folktale mm-hmm Oh, man. It's just, it's a masterpiece. Well, I listened to one historian say one of the first things, the reason I mentioned the wood, one of the first things he would look for is how wood's been cut in structure. Mm-hmm. Because you can tell, like, if a saw blade's done it. Uh, he said everything in this film, down to the smallest detail like that. Nothing wrong. Amazing. I mean, when do you hear that? And a movie that relies so heavily on that, because it's a minimalist score, mm-hmm. it's, it doesn't have a... a you know, a parade of special effects or traditional things. It relies on a lot of quiet moments and negative space. And that's what just... surprised me about it. With it having the title, the witch, you go into it with a certain expectation and it didn't hit that expectation at all, but hit something totally different that totally had me enraptured, you know, just, I don't know what it was. Like I say, it wasn't at all what I expected going into it. And I don't even know that it's what I wanted going into it. But I left and was like, oh, wow. I just watched something unlike anything else that I've ever seen. Like, you want to talk about a project being completely dependent on your actors for success. Oh, they're incredible. Even child actors were good. And that's difficult. That's difficult. That'll ruin a movie quicker than anything is a bad child actor. was amazing. This film revolved around six actors. 
Mm -hmm. Six actors carried all 100 and, not 100, but one hour and 40 minutes of this film. And right down to those little ass annoying kids. And and wasn't this wasn't this kind of like just geared to like go to video here, and and I don't know if film festivals change that or I don't know. I, I feel like it was not going. It, it was not a big theatrical push. I think no, it was going to be like video it on demand. Such a fuss at festivals yeah, when, when people, people started seeing this film, it... one of the things was William Friedkin. Yeah. And his quote: He saw it at one of the smaller festivals and said, "This is the scariest thing since my movie." And of course, then everybody was like, "All right, get it out. Let's right. let's play this damn thing." Because I mean, that's going to get people in there. Yeah. I mean, something as simple as like Stephen King saying, "I've seen the future of horror," and its name's his name is Clyde Barker. There's your career. Yeah. I mean, with a quote that great. So I mean, when William Friedkin did that, I think that catapulted this into opportunity. And I think for modern films too, and I think that's why The Witch works. There's a lot of stuff that's uncomfortable. So there's like that weird stuff with incest and the baby, and 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 really like. People can say like movies have done all this stuff and and they're so extreme, but really I think everybody's kind of prudes anymore. Mm-hmm. And like you don't see a lot of the stuff that we saw 20 years ago because, like you know where Stephen King instantly kills all the babies and. I'm gonna tear apart your theory that the older girl is the witch because I just remembered a major thing. Oh, as you guys are talking, I'm like you know I I kind of agree with you. The more you talk that. The big thing, and it's a major scene in the film, is um, if you were a witch, you couldn't say the Lord's Prayer. Oh. And when that one boy is sick and dying, and they're What's like... What about his acting? Oh my gosh, that like incredible. where he wakes up and he's like in that trance, and he's like, oh Lord, to touch thy lips, mm-hmm. to be part of thy resurrection, like all that stuff he's doing. I'm like, wow, that acting. Jaw-dropping. Yes. But then, when they're like, we don't know what's going on, everybody, start praying, you know? And, and, like, he starts questioning the older daughter, do you love the Lord? Do you love the Bible? Do you love your prayers? Start saying the Lord's Prayer. And she starts saying it. And then the two little kids can't say the Lord's Prayer. So, actually, they were in league with Black Phillip. Because remember, they're Danny like, Black they start Black saying their Phillip, prayers, and Black the, Phillip, Black Phillip, Black Phillip. <laughs> they start like, oh, we don't know, we can't say our prayers. And like, Are they Jamaican? What the? <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> like, call me now. I miss Cleo. <laughs> Lord of mercy, Black Phillip. Oh, Lord of mercy. We can't say our prayers. <laughs> I thought I heard a steel drum in this movie. <laughs> so actually, it was the kids. Yeah. The, the two Which, and ones. they're constantly pointing at her to yes. the parents right putting the attention on her that it's her doing these things yeah but man that's how damn smart this movie is yes. they don't hit you I, the I, head with anything i would i would love to see a continuation but i don't because i feel like they're not going to do let it be yeah uh, just but but the black Phillip stuff so interesting and i just don't i feel like if a sequel's made it's going to be blair witch 2 that i can't remember the last time i watched the last five minutes of a movie in absolute silence with my jaw open. Yep. I watched this in the theater by myself because I just I had to go. I went and watched it, and I can remember sitting there just jaw dangling, like absolutely captivated by it. Also, this is kind of funny. Uh, as soon as the credits rolled, I heard somebody scream, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> and then a bunch of people going, "I want my money back." And I was like, "This was perfect." <laughs> and I will say, um, it's not the scariest movie I've ever seen. No, but it is one of the finest made films for the horror genre I've ever watched. Yeah. Every, every frame of this movie could be a painting. 
I, I, think that, I challenge you when you watch it to take any given shot and say that it's not just wow. I mean, that thing is meticulous from. Start I think this to is a movie where the scares come in later, where you know you maybe not be scared while you watch it, but then when you're alone at three a.m. and you're like, like Phillips here. Oh yeah, the the scene waking up, seeing the her in there laughing, the witch. Has <laughs> yeah. your dad watched this? Nope. Really? He has it. Oh, man. You gotta I need to make him that. I want to hear his opinion. Uh, yeah, the ending. Uh, I think if the ending would have been ambiguous and you had to decide for yourself, like let's say the family dies and you just see the girl kind of like sitting there. I thought that's how it was going to go. Yes. If that would have been the case, I would have been upset and I probably wouldn't have liked it because there are times where I like a choose your own ending, but there are times It depends where, on how we get there. Yes, but there are times where I really like it spelled out to me and this man when you know black phillips was talking wouldst thou like to live deliciously um, and the the hoof that goes across the screen behind her that turns into a boot yeah it's incredible it's one of the most i mean i saw that happen i didn't have to wait till i had it on blu-ray when that foot goes across i was like oh that's badass i mean <laughs> they just did it flawlessly this is one of those things where like you're like they went there and it's so perfect that they went there. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's just like an hour and a half, a little over an hour and a half of absolute restraint. Yeah. And and holding it close to the vest, just a little bit here and there to, to keep you wanting more. And then they just come in with a right hook that you didn't think you were going to get yep. at that point. Yeah. Because that's every, why it's so because effective. That's, that's been what has sold lately and what has been so popular lately is not the punch in the mouth. Mm -hmm. It's the leave you wondering. Yeah. And so the fact that they went there and they gave it to you, that was that was unique for mm -hmm. the past decade. Yeah. In film. Yeah, one of the one of the best horror films of uh, the new millennium, yeah. without question. Absolutely. All right. Anything you fellas have to say about The Witch before we wrap it up here? Nope. Loved it. Loved it. I would have kissed the witch out in the woods like that little boy did when she came out. <laughs> she was tight. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, friends, it's been fun. It's been fun. I, I wondered how, how much we'd get out of this episode. I think we uh, we did a good exploration of the, the subgenre. And I'm, I'm glad you guys indulged me. This was my idea. I'm glad you guys decided to live deliciously and give this a shot. So thank you for that. And signing off for the Midwest Monsters Podcast, I'm Grizzly Abner, joined by Professor Wagstaff. Hot Toddy. Venomous Vinny. Stay scary. Sleep up.